Welcome to the Pike Horror Show. Hello, my name is Richard, and this is the Pike Horror Show, the only show to have won every award ever, except for a Tony. Now, if this is your first episode of the Pike Horror Show, just to give you kind of a quick rundown, this is the part where I lie, for no reason. That being said, we did win a Tony. Also a lie, I don't know why I'm like this. Anyway, this week we're going to be talking about a horror trope that might be as old as horror itself. And that trope is the concept of the final girl. Over the years we've seen this role kind of shift and adjust and take on all sorts of new properties. But the best way I can describe it is the final girl usually refers to the person left standing at the end of the movie. The horror movie specifically. And while Final Girl and Scream Queen have a lot of similarities, I think there might be a bit of a stigma with Scream Queen. I don't know how true that is, that's just sort of my assumption. I think the reason I think like that is because when I hear Scream Queen, it reminds me of a time when actresses were getting a lot of attention because they had a memorable scream in horror movies. So while there may be things like big reactions and memorable screams, there might not be a lot of character development. However, when I think of Final Girl, it might be just that simple. They're the final girl. They're the main character. They're the one that's kind of left at the end with the big showdown. Like in the horror genre, there are a lot of great scares and a lot of great screams as a result. But that doesn't automatically translate to well-written or a hero or interesting. And while the textbook definition of Scream Queen and Final Girl might be identical or interchangeable, That's sort of my thought process moving forward. And moving forward, what we're doing is ranking the top five best final girls in all of horror, I suppose. Now, on this show, I always like to say this. I always like to make it clear right away. Everyone has different opinions. Everyone can like what they like or prefer what they prefer. However, this is not one of those situations. This list is a definitive top five best final girls. Everyone can stop thinking about it. We can all stop making lists because we're done. We have this list. It's all over. Might as well stop making horror movies at all because I did such a good job making this list. That was all a joke. This is all a big goof. Sometimes I do goofs on the show. If this is your first episode, these are just my top five. And that goes along with all of the favoritism, bias, and everything else that makes it super subjective. Also, before I start listing and ranking things, just wanted to say again, Scream Queen, Final Girl, all very subjective. Over the years, there have even been examples of male Scream Queens or male Final Girls, although they may call it something else. Doesn't matter. Not important. This episode's all about the ladies, the ladies of horror, and all their many screams and all the terrible things they had to overcome. No men in the top five. Haven't they taken enough? But even after narrowing it down to just women in horror, it still wasn't easy. Some characters are great, but they only appear in one movie. Or the character appears in several movies, but they've been recast or totally changed. Not to mention retcons and reboots and things like that. So what I'm saying is there's no rules. These are my rules. My list. Definitive list. Top five. By me. Permanent. For real. Okay, real quick before we start the ranking. I do love all the people on the list. Big fan. The inspiration for this episode was actually from the song Final Girl by the band Churches. It wasn't some complicated train of thought. I just was like, oh, this song is rad. Oh, Final Girl is a horror term. Oh, here are some Final Girls I love. 
making an episode, a little behind the scenes, pulling back the curtain a bit. I'm just like you, host Richard. He's just like you. You know, impulsive, has a cool podcast, very handsome, just like all of you. Anyway, let's get started with number five on my list, Grace Ledoma from Ready or Not. Grace being played by Samara Weaving and Ready or Not being directed by the directing duo Matt Bentinelli-Open and Tyler Gillett. Also, spoiler warning for basically every movie or franchise mentioned on this list. Grace is a fantastic final girl because the movie is working so hard to make these stereotypes apply to her right away. She's the bride, she doesn't really know what's going on, she's totally out of her element, and then when shit starts hitting the fan, it takes her a little while to kind of build speed and kind of get confident. You know, a lot of running, a lot of hiding, honestly a lot of her just getting the shit kicked out of her. But at a certain point, the movie totally shifts. She's still getting the shit kicked out of her, but she's taking it in stride, she's moving forward, she's never sitting still and feeling sorry for herself. She overcomes so much in this totally weird, random, surreal experience, so when she finally switches and starts fighting back, it feels so satisfying. So Grace's change from victim to badass feels earned. It feels like a natural progression, as opposed to something that was just dumped onto her character to move the plot along. And some movies will do that. They'll take a character, make them the victim, the entire movie, but then all of a sudden they just overcome it and are starting to fight back. And from a storytelling standpoint, I totally understand. If you have a character like that, there has to be a huge shift or a big change in order for there to be a climax. Otherwise, if it follows the natural progression of the story and of that character, it's just this passive victim being a passive victim until the end. And that's not interesting. So of course it makes sense to have someone be afraid the whole movie and then all of a sudden be like, I'm not afraid no more, and then they stab him, I don't know. But when it feels natural and real and earned, it makes that climax so much better because then the movie was actually building to something. It wasn't because movie or because plot. It actually matters. And while I think you'll find all the final girls on this list have at least some part of that element in their character, the natural progression and this sort of growth throughout the movie or movies, Grace's character in Ready or Not, it's all done in the same movie. They were able to open up, introduce you to this world, have you experience this whole story, and then close it down in one film. And while my love for Grace's character can be accredited to writers, directors, the actress, think Ready or Not should be taught as a masterclass in how to make a fun horror movie with believable characters. Believable is of course in quotations, if you know the plot of that movie, but believable in the sense of, if this happens to someone, it would make sense if they responded this way. And of course, there are other movies that do that. Quick honorable mention to the movie Us, written and directed by Jordan Peele, it's a great movie. Very weird. But when I started making this list, I actually had Adelaide Wilson at this spot, the main character or the mom of the family in the movie. But then I remember the end of that movie and it got a little more complicated than just Final Girl. So I thought just to be safe, I'd put Grace here and then mention Adelaide in Us. And number four on my list, I have Nancy Thompson from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Nancy being played by Heather Langenkamp and all the movies Nancy was in were directed by Wes Craven. If you've never seen A Nightmare on Elm Street, first of all, spoilers. Second of all, there are not one but two episodes of the Pike Horror Show about A Nightmare on Elm Street. And thirdly, Nancy gained the status of Final Girl by facing off against Freddy Krueger, a dream monster with a bladed glove hand that is all around pretty rude. And in A Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy is unstoppable. 
She's basically all by herself. Nobody believes her. Nobody wants to help her. But she never really gave up. She never even considered giving up. It was always conversations on how to stop Freddy Krueger, not how to get away from him. And again, by herself, she set up all these traps and was able to stop Freddy Krueger, for a while at least. And even that is enough to get on this top five list. Nancy is a fearless powerhouse when it comes to horror movie protagonists. And while she's not in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge, she does come back in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. So surviving the first movie, getting away, but then coming back, that's already huge final girl points in my book. But what makes it stand out is she's a sleep therapist. So she survived, got away, and then dedicated her life to helping people with nightmares. So when Freddy came back and started hurting these kids at a sleep clinic, Nancy was the person that she needed in the first movie. She was someone who believed them and wanted to help them. So it was more than just a cameo from the first movie. She was a major player in why it was different this time. And I think the fact that she was so influential and such a big part of the movies going forward, even in the movies that she wasn't in, is something that I don't think any of the other final girls on this list even have. That might be a strictly Nancy trait. But while that's really cool and interesting and a great way to tell stories, she has to be number four because she's only in two movies. A lot of people consider those two to be the best ones, and there's a great connection between them, but I think you'll find going forward, there's a lot of really heavy hitters on this list. I mean, the actress who plays Nancy is technically in three movies, and I think the protagonist of the remake is Nancy, but I, but I don't care. I'm here for jokes and scary movies. I'm not here for technicalities. Number three on my list is Laurie Strode, as played by Jamie Lee Curtis in several Halloween movies. Now, Laurie Strode has appeared in several movies with several writers and several directors, but her first appearance was in the 1978 film Halloween, which was written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. John Carpenter also directed the first movie, but that was it. But if you're not familiar with the Halloween franchise, essentially it's Laurie Strode, the final girl, facing off against Michael Myers, an unkillable representation of pure evil that looks like a man but can't be stopped. Also, depending on what movie you're watching, he's Laurie's brother. Also, depending on what movie you're watching, Rob Zombie is there. Or Danny McBride, weirdly enough. But similar to how John Carpenter invented the modern-day slasher film as we know it, he also laid the groundwork for the final girl as we know it. A young girl, a scream queen, if you will, up against impossible odds just trying to survive. And while in the first movie, Laurie Strode is certainly not a match for Michael Myers, you're never really given the impression that she's weak. Even when she's screaming and can't really handle what she's looking at, it feels more like a genuine human reaction. And while today we can look back through the lens of time and see these characters very developed and sort of flushed out because, you know, we've seen 12 movies with them. I mean, give or take remakes and spinoffs and stuff. But the original 1978 Halloween is pretty bare bones, but that's a good thing. It's one of those cases where the simplicity allows the characters to shine through more, at least more than it would if they were trying to take themselves very seriously or do something really complicated. But I think that's part of the beauty between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode and their relationship. You as the viewer can look around and go, hey, fuck this. So when Laurie Strode is like, hey, fuck this, you're like, I get it, she's just like me. And while today we know that slashers take all sorts of forms and formulas, Michael Myers was a guy with a knife and a mask who you couldn't kill, and he was trying to stab you. Forget creating an entire genre of film, that's like a basic human fear. 
But unlike other final girl tropes, Laurie Strode really doesn't become a badass until way later. She meets Michael a couple of times before she's like, this guy's gotta stop. I mean, she does put up a fight to survive, but she's not really hunting him or looking for him until H2O. But even so, in the next one, Halloween Resurrection, it doesn't really work for her. Things go real bad real fast. And then years later, those movies are retconned anyway. In my opinion, Halloween 1, 2, and H2O are a fantastic trilogy. But much like any franchise with 13 entries, you don't get to pick and choose what the trilogy is. Thankfully, when the franchise was re-re-rebooted, they made Laurie a badass again. I mean, they did also get rid of most of the movies, and even in that movie, she did spend a lot of time being a crazy old woman, too. But as the movie goes on, she's pretty kick-ass. She's hunting him. She's fighting back. She puts the final in Final Girl because she's still there. She's determined to be the last one standing, even after 40 years. She's still afraid of Michael Myers, but Laurie knows she's the only one that can kill him. The filmmakers sort of took away the idea of them being long-lost family and replaced it with Laurie's sense of duty. And it's set up in a way where nobody really takes her seriously, no one really believes her until he shows up. And even then, she has to keep reminding people the significance of what's happening. And even when her family and the police and the townspeople are like, don't worry, Lori, it's going to be okay. Lori can look at them confidently and say, no, the fuck it isn't. And even after reboots and retcons and all sorts of, I don't know, nonsense, Jamie Lee Curtis, the original actress, was able to be Lori Strode again and stand up to Michael Myers over 40 years later. And that's something a final girl like Nancy Thompson never got to do. I mean, she still has another decade to pull it off, but I'm just not going to hold my breath. And maybe you think Laurie Strode deserves to be higher, and I totally understand that. But with all of the reboots and the changes and the retcons... Not to mention, at the time of this recording, Halloween Ends hasn't even come out yet. As for right now, I feel very confident putting Laurie at number three, but who knows? She is persistent, if nothing else, and there's a whole movie I haven't seen yet. And now that we're on to number two, I just wanted to say, three, four, and five, those spots are all perfectly debatable. You could change them around, mix or match, add, subtract. It's all up in the air. Spot number two and spot number one on this list are definitive. There's no arguing. I know I made that joke earlier, but I mean it this time. And I'm confident you'll see why. Number two on my list of top five final girls is Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver from the Alien franchise. And while there are many directors and writers in the Alien franchise, the one where we first meet Ripley was directed by a Sir Ridley Scott. Now, all of the Alien movies are pretty different, so if you haven't seen them, it'll be hard to sum them up quickly. But for the first one, essentially an alien life form gets on a spaceship and starts picking off the crew. The monster is always just kind of out of sight, but you know it's there. And remember, this is a spaceship. It's not a small town or a cabin in the woods or one big mansion. The corridors and air ducts are super intimate. And since it's in space, every detail could be life or death. Very little wiggle room. Except for that time when the alien was a worm. Lots of wiggling there. But when you're trapped in outer space with an enormous, incomprehensible monster, you really can't fight. You have to escape. And I think that's what separates the original Alien movie from what I would call like an action sci-fi movie. There's a part in Alien where Ripley gets a flamethrower, and I think in a lot of movies that would be the point of like, oh, she's a badass. And while she certainly is a badass, it's being used to keep the alien away like it's some sort of wild animal. 
and for all they know it is. I think early on in the movie, the characters kind of accept they can't fight this thing, so they're trying to get away instead. And what that does is remove any sort of artificial, suddenly they're a badass. Nobody's suddenly cool or very brave or very strong, they're trying to survive. Like, they're at fucking work, this is their job, and now they have an alien. And Ripley is such a fantastic character, even Final Girl seems like kind of an insult. Because although it is a horror movie and she is kind of the last one standing, she's more capable than all the other entries on this list. And that's not to discredit the other entries, it's just she's very different. And I personally think the first Alien movie is one of the best slow burn horror sci-fi movies ever. Hell, you could even simplify it. It might be one of the best sci-fi movies ever, or slow burn movies ever, or one of the best movies ever. And if I'm speaking so highly about Alien, of course I think the main character in Alien is great. That's a very easy point A to point B to follow. And Ripley does appear in three other Alien movies. And much like Laurie Strode, as the series went on, she did become more capable. But I would say her character grew in a much different direction. Because she went from final girl to straight up fucking action hero. Whereas in Halloween 2, Laurie Strode was still hiding from Michael Myers. In the sequel to Alien... Aliens, written and directed by James Cameron, Sigourney Weaver shoots them with a machine gun. And while personally I'd consider three of the four movies that Ripley is in to be good, a couple of them great even, I'd say it sort of loses its horror roots right after the first one. So this introduces a unique twist on the final girl trope. So she survived her initial encounter with the monster, she became an action hero, and the entire franchise completely shifted into another genre. And I'm not saying this is good or bad or better or worse, I'm just saying it's different. Nancy Thompson didn't ride back into Springwood on a motorcycle. Laurie Strode is definitely a badass in the sequels, but it's still very much a horror franchise. The Alien franchise becomes an action franchise, and Ellen Ripley becomes an action hero. Also, I'm pretty sure at one point she becomes half Xenomorph, but that is, that's more complicated. And now, finally, the moment you've all been waiting for, who is the official Pike Horror Show? Best, final girl in all of horror movies. Definitive list, no backsies, no replacements. At the number one spot, we have Sidney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell in the Scream franchise. And while Screams 1, 2, 3, and 4 were directed by Wes Craven, the fifth entry in the series was directed by the directing duo Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett, who you may recognize from also having directed Ready or Not, which was of course number four on this list. And just to be upfront about it, I didn't want to give it to Sidney Prescott. This is my own personal bias getting in the way, but I am not a huge fan of the Scream franchise. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think the Scream franchise is the most consistently mediocre horror franchise there is. I'm of course not saying it's terrible. What I mean by this is that at its worst, it's still better than most of the worst, but at its best, it's not even close to the best. It's like the white bread of movies. You watch it and you go, yeah, it was, it was bread. And I like bread, I suppose. But the thing that sets Sidney Prescott apart, undeniably, is that she keeps coming back. No reboots, no retcons, no recasting. Nev Campbell comes back five times to fight Ghostface. Whether she likes it or not, or whether she wants to or not, I'm referring to Sidney Prescott because the second Nev Campbell didn't want to show up, she stopped showing up. There's talk of her not coming back for Scream 6. But Scream 6 isn't out yet, so in my book, she still has perfect attendance. But in addition to not having to deal with retcons and recasts and things like that, Scream got to remain Scream 
Through all five movies, even though they changed quite a bit from film to film, they were still the same formula. It was a slasher movie that tried to stay self-aware and had lots of big twists. And that's oversimplifying it a bit. But Sydney was there for five movies, unlike Grace in Ready or Not. And she lived through all five, unlike Nancy Thompson. She wasn't completely absent for entries in the series, only to have those movies and things like her death completely retconned and made irrelevant, like Laurie in Halloween. Nor does the killer ghost face become magic at any point, like Michael Myers, also retconned. She doesn't become an action hero and then die and then be reconstructed as half-alien, half-person, like a certain Ellen Ripley did. Sydney is cool and capable and puts up with a lot of shit, but she was the final girl in a slasher movie and has been ever since. Sure, Scream 2022 had a little bit of torch passing and she took kind of a back seat, and we're not really sure where the franchise is going to go, but as of right now, Scream has stayed true to its slasher roots, and Sydney Prescott has been there every step of the way, so it seems only fitting that she's the final, final girl on this list. Now, if I was ranking horror franchises, Scream might not even make an appearance, but Sydney's right there at the top. Again, definitive list, don't argue with me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Pike Horror Show. If you like what you heard and you want to keep listening, there are plenty of older episodes you can check out as well. This episode was all about movies and ranking them, but here on The Pike Horror Show, we talk about all things horror. Movies, books, video games. There's also a few interview episodes where I sit down with a Japanese scholar, a video game scholar, and an indie game developer. Not all at once, they're all different episodes, but it's all still very interesting. So be sure to check out those older episodes too, be sure to follow wherever you listen. And thanks again for being here. It's so nice to have someone to actually ramble to. My name is Richard, and this has been the Pike Horror Show.